I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you today, and I've, I've really been looking forward to this next conversation. We're really pleased to have Dr. Ruth Watkins, the 16th president of the University of Utah, uh, join us. She penned an op-ed uh, that appeared in the Deseret News today, uh, talking about some of the lessons the university has gleaned uh, in the midst of the coronavirus. Uh, president Watkins is a uh, just an incredible voice and leader in our community and across the country. And uh, we're just pleased to have her join us today. President, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. Good morning, Boyd. Thank you so much for including me. Well, wonderful. Well, let's let's dive right on into it. This is uh, 2020 has not been, I'm sure, what was on your radar, uh, planning out the uh, the year in terms of the University of Utah. Uh, but you, you penned a, just a beautiful op-ed, I think, with some really poignant and surprising lessons to to me Uh, Tell us about some of the things that uh, the university has learned in this whole process. You know, we certainly knew the power of technology and the opportunity it creates for advancing learning and work. I would say that we've also learned some things that that is not an advantage that everyone shares equally, that if we're going to make the full use of technology, we need to be sure to close the digital divide. Our uh, state has been wonderful about helping us, supporting us in doing that, and we must continue that work if we want to make sure that there is equity uh, in education and and work and access to both. Uh, that is so important. And I, I appreciate you using that uh, framing of the digital divide because uh, a lot of us just kind of scoot on past that. Uh, and most of us just kind of moan and complain if our Internet at home is a little bit slow or, you know, maybe we've had to, to share it with a few family members while they did schoolwork and, and uh, business as well. Uh, but there are some students at the University of Utah where that digital divide really is the difference being able to continue their education. Yes, I think it was a bit more striking than we were prepared for. Uh, we really did not know of some of the limitations in access that some of our students and employees have had. So it, it has been educational for us, too, and the opportunity to really step in and make a difference there has been has been very valuable. And, of course, it will continue to be important as we think about our role as a university in reskilling and upskilling the some 150,000 Utahns that are either unemployed or underemployed, and what is the role of the university in helping those individuals access short-term credentials up to even a year of graduate work to help them get back to work and help Utah's economy continue to thrive. Yeah, that, that was another area that I just loved in, in your piece today. We've actually got that posted up on our Facebook uh, page here at KSL. If you want to go uh, read President Watkins' uh, piece on some of the lessons they've learned uh, during the pandemic, uh, tell me just a little bit more. I think this reskilling and upscaling and scale, skilling, wow, say that 10 times on a Monday. Uh, <laughs> tell us some of the things you're doing specifically in, in that space. 
Yeah, so we know that uh, the pandemic has really shifted work. There are some industries that are really growing and thriving, and we need to help workers be ready for that new world of work. Technology, some areas of business, some areas related to diversity and human resources. So there are opportunities, certainly um, even things from supply chain to uh, management in in various positions where individuals are, are in new worlds of work and new opportunities. So the U and others, this is a wonderful example of a great partnership. There's an effort called United that involves uh, Western Governors and BYU Pathways and uh, UVU and Salt Lake Community College and the U uh, all working together in some really unique ways to make sure that we are each doing our part in helping Utahns reskill and gain new skills and talents in a variety of ways to compete successfully in the changing workforce and economy. Uh, that's that's a, a Utah model, if I've ever heard one, and that's uh, one I hope the rest of the country takes note of and uh, gets practicing as well, uh, realizing that there there really is an abundance. There's enough and to spare, uh, and there's a need for all of the universities at every level to, to come together and, and really deliver. Uh, I know one of the other lessons that you uh, picked up on, President, uh, was just kind of this uh, working smarter and a little more strategic. Uh, what did you find in that space? So we certainly have learned that there are a number of functions at the university that can continue very well remotely, and that will help us a lot to be able to use our space for critical work and instruction and uh, leave some of the back office functions in other locations and from working from home in other ways. Um, of course, we don't want to uh, miss all of the character of what it means to come together as a community, but we are finding new ways to do that through technology and uh, creative thinking, certainly. So I do think the university will uh, continue some of those efforts, and it will allow us to better use our physical plant. Certainly our health operation has discovered that a lot can be done with telehealth, and patients and physicians alike appreciate the lack of you know, not having to travel and being able to save time and promote convenience in some of their visits. I think there are a lot of elements of uh, work that were really changed and accelerated by the crisis, and we will keep some of them as we go forward. Uh, If you're just joining us, we have Dr. Ruth Watkins, president of the University of Utah, on the line with us, and uh, always appreciate her leadership and her vital voice in our community. Uh, I wanted to hit this last uh, point that you covered in your op-ed for the Deseret News today, uh, talking about communication. I always looked at that from a business standpoint, and most organizations under-communicate by a factor of 10, uh, and you have to have a communication strategy that's as robust as your operational strategy. What have you learned in the communication arena as you've gone through this? So quite a lot, I would say, and maybe this is one of the most important lessons, and it's an important lesson of leadership. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Many modalities, lots of repetition, different strategies uh, to reach a large audience and share information adequately from webinars to op-eds to websites to just frequent connections by phone, uh, letting, uh, hearing lots of voices, listening to people's questions, providing creative responses and, in, and thinking about new modalities. Uh, Communication is pretty critical, and I think one of the most unsettling aspects of the pandemic is we miss seeing each other. We do a lot of work when we run into people in the hallway or walking across campus, having lunch someplace. We have to find ways to uh, account for that gap 
and close that gap and keep connected with our communities and our stakeholders. As much about listening as about talking and sharing information, hearing what's on people's minds and how we can address it effectively at the U. So we, we know we're not perfect in that way, but we strive to continue to do better and to create new ways to reach more stakeholders. Oh, it is. It's so vital. They're, and they just really haven't figured out the replacement for the water cooler chatter. <laughs> it, uh, it just has to no, happen. It's true. It's true. A lot of business happens that way. So yeah. I think we have to find, uh, you know, whether we do it through Zooms or Microsoft Teams or what our method is, we have to stay connected to each other. The community matters. Yeah, it absolutely does. And that uh, that really leads me to this uh, last thing I wanted you to weigh in on. And that is just uh, how instrumental a, a comprehensive research university can be in navigating uncertainty. I don't think a lot of people connect that dot in particular. Tell us about that. So certainly, uh, this is where having wonderful researchers really matters. And because it is, of course, research that's going to help us navigate this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And there are probably a hundred researchers and research groups on this campus working on one aspect or another of COVID-19, of understanding health communication, of some of the corollary challenges like domestic violence increases. That is how we will get through this. And so having a comprehensive research university as part of your state that really serves as a flagship is a pretty important element of navigating uncertainty and getting through the pandemic. I would also say uh, a big hats off of thanks to UHealth and to our AGRUP labs. They have stepped up uh, and in so well as a leader and a model and really uh, caring for patients and also facilitating the state's testing efforts. So I'm very, very grateful to the health providers who continuously put themselves on the front lines, and uh, we all owe them a big thanks. Oh, fantastic. Dr. Ruth Watkins, again, president of the University of Utah, uh, joining us today on Inside Sources. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, you are really one of the great leaders, a great voice in our community and across the country, and we appreciate all that you do up at the University of Utah. Thanks for joining us today. Boyd, thank you so much, and I love your 55-day challenge. Please let us know at the U how we can help. All right. The, the game is on. We're pushing on to, to Labor Day, and we're going to bend that curve and uh, make sure we can uh, – we've got to figure out a way to get you football uh, in this year. We've got to have it. <laughs> That's our goal. Well, it uplifts spirits. We know that. And we have wonderful student-athletes, so we want them to have their opportunity as well. That's right. All right. Very good. Hey, again, thanks so much, Dr. Ruth Watkins, uh, joining us from up at the U today, uh, and she's uh, she's fantastic. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're talking about writing the future. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? 
That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.